Tonight on Hops and Box Office Flops, we test our might as we journey into the perils of Outworld to face Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Get over here! Hops and Box Office Flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Hops and Box Office Flops, brought to you by RevengeOfTheFans.com. I am the Thunderous Wizard, a.k.a. the Night Slasher, a.k.a. Shao Kahn. And I'm along with... I am the Irate Lover, a.k.a. Sonya Blade, a.k.a. my animality is a dragon with nine heads, Shao Kahn. Well played. So, uh, yeah, we uh, watched Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Uh... It's a thing that happened in 1997. It uh, didn't go well for yeah. either of us. Okay, I'm shocked to learn this is from 97. How, yep. Okay. Uh, just how, two years after the first uh, film. Okay, that was my question because they did give us a recap of what happened in Mortal Kombat, the original, <laughs> which uh, was just Liu Kang killing Shang Tsung, which had nothing to do with this movie. Nope, not at all. And in fact, I mean, the first movie literally ends with Shao Kahn like blowing up the top of a temple and like saying, your soul is mine or something silly, uh, something from the game. And then they decide to recap all that, but then not include that same scene. It's totally different. I can't think of another movie where the sequel was this much worse than the original when they had most of the main players back. I know they recast a few of the bigger parts, but that if you told me that like this was an this was like an eighties music video with the quality of it, I would have been like, Yeah, that that's what it looks like. Some of the effects in this film look worse than Mortal Kombat on Game Gear. No. Oh. They're just <laughs> they're just so utterly bad. Uh and the thing is you know this movie's gonna be bad Within five minutes. As soon as shirtless men with weapons start raining from the sky, you know that this thing is not going to ever turn it around. By now, you know we love like action movies from the 90s. Like Most people probably consider them bad movies, but you know, give me a Van Damme movie any day. I'm going to be entertained by it. Whenever you see... First of all, if this was a kid's movie, I probably wouldn't even have wanted to do it on the podcast. Because if it's for kids, it's for kids. This is a very violent video game for adults or at least late teenagers. Yeah. This is not a kid's movie. So, a little judgment in this movie. I thought it was going to be for me. It was not. It, It was so bad, it reminded me most of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers TV show that I saw when I was, I don't know, seven, eight years old. Because when the guys come out to fight, they do all that posing nonsense before they actually fight. It, they look like, like what were they called, the putty? Or the bad guys from the Power Rangers? Like Yeah, they're like, sort of like, in the background, when things are happening, doing the fighting posing. Yeah, it's like the foot in the first Ninja Turtles. Yeah, it's... But that's the whole movie. 
it's like you know you had all these extras and like hey what should we do and it's like just be in your stance yeah just pose off so 1997 now 42 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes pretty high 2% (laughs) so literally this is the lowest rated movie based upon reviews that we've gotten and uh, it's not just the reviewers that hate this movie this has a 3.7 on IMDb Ooh, for users. Uh, the user review I found from uh, Benares-2. Bad, bad, bad. If I hadn't seen Steel, it would rank as the worst movie I'd ever seen. With Shaq? Yeah. <laughs> oh, th- Steel's better than this. I would say Steel's better. Shaq's in it. There's so much disappointment to be had. And, you know, we, d- we decided to do this movie because Mortal Kombat 11 was released well, today, technically, but this will air later. And I, I love Mortal Kombat. I've owned every Mortal Kombat game. And I've never forgotten the travesty that is this movie. Uh, it was directed by John Leonetti. So not even Paul W.S. Anderson would come back for this thing. Although he may have wanted Paul to. Anderson? Not Paul Thomas Anderson. <laughs> Paul W.S. Anderson did like all the Resident Evil movies. Are they related? No, I don't believe so. No. And if they are, then one of them... Got way more of the talent genes. <laughs> the ta- talent than the genetics other. are lopsided. Uh, so, not a lot of movies that this guy. Can I directed. just say I would pay a lot of money to have Paul Thomas Anderson redirect a Mortal Kombat Annihilation film? Oh, I would hundred percent. Okay. <laughs> uh, this guy, a lot of great cinematography credits. He what? worked on The Conjuring, Insidious One and Two, Piranha Three D, uh, but his other big directing gig was Annabelle. Which uh, I haven't seen, but it has to be better than this. Those all looked good. Like, yeah. The Conjuring looked like good. Like, he clearly has a keen eye for things, but he didn't use it in this film. The special effects budget was $1.50 then. This movie cost $40 million to make. What? I don't know where the money went at all. What? Maybe the giant uh, atmosphere. Was this one of those balls. canon films where they just laundered all the money? They had to. Uh, made $35 million domestically. Uh, worldwide, it made fifty-one. So technically, it it out- made money. Well, maybe depending on how much it cost to market this thing, but it grossed seventy million dollars less than the original. Which cast member you think got the highest salary? Remar. That's a tough. That's tough. I'm going with Brian Thompson, the Night Slasher. Shao Kahn. Yeah. Uh, it's probably Robin to Shao, but the uh, the yeah, main henchman Dang. from. Uh, Lionheart. <laughs> yes. Uh, also, what else? What else is he really? Well, he, I mean, the knights from Cobra, right? Cobra is the, the big slasher. thing. He's the night slasher in Cobra. You but saw I mean, the guy. You you've seen this guy. It, you'll immediately know his face. He's in. He's got giant cheekbones. He, he definitely was like probably a guy who was on the fringe of becoming one of the muscle bound stars, but never was. Seeing him kind of leaned out with a shaved head is weird in this. He really goes all in on this film. He also does a lot of front flips just to get off thrones. You know, because not only... Oh, my gosh. I, they, I found a place that counted the front flips. So <laughs> we'll discuss that later. What a move. So, yeah, I paired this movie because we're I gotta, we got to do a better job of talking about the beers we pair with Odell, uh, Odell Brewing Company's Wolf Picker because there is a man in the film who transforms into a wolf. And it's only for the sole purpose of setting up the world's stupidest MacGuffin, which is... Shao Kahn and Liu Kang having a dragon fight that is just an abomination. Uh, There's better effects in 1933's King Kong, which was using stop-motion animation. 
I don't know what the hell they made these effects with. It makes Johnny Storm and Corman's Fantastic Four look okay. So you're talking about Nightwolf. Yes, Nightwolf, who oddly just appears to... Test Liu Kang. Test Liu Kang, then disappears. Nobody knows where he went. Oh, I, I know exactly where he went. He went to launch a rap career, which we'll oh, talk about later. Yes. One of the great hidden gems of this film's exploration, Lightfoot, who plays Nightwolf, a.k.a. the sickest rapper alive. He's on Spotify. We'll, we'll let you guys in on that uh, in another you gotta, second. you got to go check it out. He's just putting out bangers. But what I didn't get was his test to Liu Kang was that all Liu Kang had to do was resist making love to Jade. Yeah, that was an odd test. What kind of test is that? Also, when he woke up, now, this, he's in the middle of the desert. It's snowing. He wakes up and it's snowing, and there's just a scantily clad woman who wasn't there before. Scantily clad, yeah, she's wearing uh, a bra and panties. Who's only there to seduce him, and he doesn't ask, like, one, why the hell is it snowing? And two, where the hell did you come from? Listen, if a Native American man forces you to pass out and awaken in a snowy desert, and there's a woman there in her bra and panties, something's wrong. Something's up. You don't just immediately, like, he, he moves in, like, He's like, oh, we should make out. And then oh, he pushes but, back. But I, but I love someone else. I'm sorry. I was like, what, what are you doing, dude? Yeah. Come on, Luke Cage. You don't know something How are here? you the chosen one? Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe It's Luke a Cage. real Johnny Cage uh, See, move to sleep if it was with a Johnny, random woman in the desert. So here's the thing. Luke Cage seems like, like a virgin, like a virginal character where he's saving it for Katana. Yeah. If it was Johnny Cage, I would believe it because Johnny Cage is swimming in it. He's oh, yeah. probably like, yeah, I see, you know. I love women no in the brown panties myself. all the time yeah. in the desert. I'm Johnny Cage. Yeah, <laughs> was, I'm Mr. Hollywood. That that scene was uh, upsetting. Of, Very upsetting. Of all the upsetting scenes, it ranks fairly low. But er, literally every scene will upset you. So well, the description from Voodoo, uh, I bought this by the way. I rented it for two ninety nine. I bought it. I had a <laughs> Walmart gift card. You bought and, the the hard copy, and I wasted ten dollars on this digital movie. You can use Walmart gift cards on Vudu. You're part of that uh, 51 million. I don't recommend buying this one, <laughs> but I did. So so a handful of heroic warriors have only six days to save the planet in Mortal Kombat Annihilation title drop. To succeed, they must survive the most spectacular series of challenges any human or god has ever encountered as they battle an evil warlord bent on taking control of Earth. Sequel to the film Mortal Kombat and based upon the popular video game. The last seven or so words there is all you needed. The yep. description is sequel to another movie that was based on a video game. Which was much more entertaining than this one. And that one's... Like all those other words before it do not describe what I saw. Spectacular challenges? Like what? No, I really don't know that they have a series of fist fights that are we, are we gonna aren't talk really about, challenges. Can we talk about Raiden's haircut? Yeah, so Raiden has the world's worst wig for <laughs> half of the movie. Then he shaves his head, and for some reason it appears like bleach blonde. It goes unaddressed. Nobody, nobody says. What do you mean he shaved? I like, like your hair. Like he shows up dressed like Peter Pan with a shaved head. Didn't fight Baraka. He, Nothing. Okay. Just loses all the hair. Oh, you're just gonna bring up Baraka like that? <laughs> you mean the man in a Halloween costume you could order off Amazon? Yeah. It literally looks like a mask you'd go pick out, pick out at a random Halloween store. It's it it's is like a loose-fitting so, mask. It's so astounding the degree to which the costumes look like something someone could have done at a Comic-Con. 
I'm going back on my opinion. You should watch this movie. This, I mean, I, I'd watch the first one, and then I'd watch this and be like, oh, geez, no, what no, happened? No. For, okay, or do, do it in reverse. You don't need to watch the first one. But two things you just have to see. James Remar's haircut. So when Raiden just all of a sudden becomes mortal. And becomes like super cool hipster Raiden. How they, yeah, how they show that he's a, a, a man and not a god is they make him shave his ponytail. Shaves his head. Sure. So... The other thing you need to see is when Liu Kang goes to rescue Katana, Baraka comes out. And again, I swear, Baraka, they're just wearing Halloween masks they bought from a store. It's fascinating. Just rubber masks. There's a couple of decent costumes, Cyrax and Smoke. Sure. That's the uh, thing is, you like if you just juxtapose those, it's like, are these two different movies? Yep. Uh, Jax looks, I guess, okay. For the most part, until he takes his metal arms off and you can tell they're rubber. <laughs> so that kind of hurts that. Well, he took his metal arms off because Raiden gave that great speech about not needing the arms. Yeah. You just you, need to trust in yourself. Yeah. All you need to do is uppercut a horseman in the stomach and you'll you'll win the day. You did warn me that Malibu played that guy, but yeah. it was still shocking to see it. Uh, so Sonia, not really a costume. She looks like someone who is not very aware of her surroundings. I'll leave it at that. Correct. There are a lot of character introductions, as you can imagine, because which is unnecessary because anybody that watches this movie is a fan of the video game. There are zero people that watch this movie that are not a fan of the video game. So you don't need to introduce every character. Yeah, you don't just randomly turn this on. That was this looks fu- good. Dude, the funniest part to me was when they just kept calling Liu Kang Lou. I don't know why, but when they're just like, yeah, Lou, it just threw me off. But... Um, when they introduce, so Liu Kang meets Jade and Jax in, or Liu Kang's with Jade and Jax and Sonya are in the desert and they meet. Liu Kang goes, uh, yeah, this is Jade. And uh, he goes, that's Sonya Blade. I don't know why he had to do first and last name for her. Yeah. So here's one of the mind-blowing things about this. As he just said, as the irate lover, a.k.a. Motaro's tail, a.k.a. A.k.a. Motaro's teeth. A.k.a. Ermac. A.K.A. Rain dying in the first five minutes. Uh, Everybody who sees this movie knows who these characters are, yet they still try and swerve you with Jade being a good guy when it's pretty freaking common knowledge that Jade's not a good guy. Correct. Okay, you brought up Rain. So I got a huge question here. Huge question. Uh, Yeah. So we should say, I don't know if this follows any type of canon from the cartoons or anything, but... Shao Kahn has, like, he calls them his generals, and it's just characters that yep. are bad for Mortal Kombat. So in the very beginning, somehow Raiden um, says, I'm going to kill all your generals if you kill Sonya Blade. Why he doesn't just kill Shao Kahn instead of all his generals, I'll never know. That was real stupid. There's a real moment in time where we wouldn't have had to endure the next hour and 20 minutes of this. Could have just killed everybody. Raiden just unleashed a lightning storm and killed all the generals. But he doesn't. Instead, he gets Johnny there's Cage some really killed. terrible wire work. <laughs> uh, he does. When you say terrible wire work, do you mean his wig going back in yeah, a ponytail? He, to he fight? does the move where he flies across the screen, and they use the sound effect from the game. Dude, that killed me. If you're gonna use people's voices that don't sound like the game sound effects, you, you can't you just can't just throw in the sound. You effects. can't just insert that. That's unbelievable. So, oh, another another uh, telltale side. This movie's going to be terrible. Johnny Cage is a different actor. 
it's the guy from Airborne, Jack, who is the brother of the love interest. Of, oh, the bully? Yeah. Whoa. Uh, he's also in uh, the that. next Karate Kid as her her love interest in that movie. But So it's it's a much uh, lesser known, I mean, not that Lyndon Ashby's like super well known, but it was pretty obvious it wasn't the same guy. And he just dies immediately. So Shao Kahn, in one of these scenes, he's there with like uh, Shiva and Motaro, his generals. And he says, he's like, yeah, have you killed any people on Earth? And Rain says, yeah, we got Cabal and Stryker. First of all, I thought Cabal was a bad guy. But apparently in this... He's a good guy. He's a good guy. Yeah. So he says, yeah, I got Cabal and Stryker. Like he acted, it sounded like he killed Cabal and Stryker. And Shao Kahn goes, did they beg for mercy as you killed them or whatever? And he's like, well, I thought I'd save them because... And Shao Kahn just cuts them off. Yeah. And then kills them with a hammer. With a hammer that looks nothing like his actual hammer, which really is just a sledgehammer. So I'm not sure why it looks like somebody's Harley Quinn cosplay hammer. So riddle me this. Did Rain capture those two? I guess. I don't know where they were being held since there's only one prison room. Okay, so if he captured them, which is the only possible thing he could have done, why didn't Shao Kahn just kill them instead of Rain? Uh, just should he doesn't mess around. He gives the order. You 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 better fulfill it. Uh, he's an idiot. He was an idiot, and the whole movie is so, uh, like really amounts to like seeking Daddy's approval. Like that's why he's started this invasion of Earthrealm. It is really the mo- the plot to the movie is the plot to Mortal Kombat three, which is the plot. They resurrect Sindel to open up an illegal portal to Earth Earth realm, and they start a Mortal Kombat tournament far ahead of when it's supposed to actually happen. So, but in the game, yes, the game that only featured cutscenes in the middle of nobody playing at the arcades was more made more sense than this ever did. I don't think what you just said actually happened in the movie. Wasn't the plot that. Raiden's family secretly gave out henna tattoos to people to travel through portals. Yeah, see, they added that portion. Uh, oh, did they? Yeah. It's it great writing. That's why they added it. But What a wrinkle that was. Did the tattoo fly away? Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't real. But it was given to him. Raiden's fake dad... Wait, is his brother Shao Kahn in the, the game? No. Okay. That's not canon. So and Shinnok's not his dad. Also, Shinnok is from... You know, he's from Outworld. I'm not sure why he's German in this movie. I've, uh, you know who I would want. If we actually had to recast this and we had to recast Shinnok, you know who I'd want, right? Uh, We've talked about it on the podcast before. Adrian Brody? Nope. He was in a movie we did with Schwarzenegger. He was in a movie we did with Schwarzenegger. Uh-huh. I couldn't figure out what his accent was. You oh, told Peter me. Stormare? Correct. That's who I thought he was for like... Three seconds, and I was like, "No way!" One of the one of the really awful things about it is Shinnok in the game looks really cool, and in this movie he just looks like Gerard Depardieu in a hood. That's real. No, he doesn't. <laughs> He's got some Depardieu. No, he looks like the the guy from Harry Potter. That's like the head, the uh, the head of that house. That has it's an all boys school. The head of uh, where Victor Crumb goes. To yeah, school? that's the guy. That's who he looks like. <laughs> Might be him. I mean, that that was the German house. There's a good chance it's him. Yeah. 
so I described this as an incredibly mediocre, though seemingly sincere, attempt at translating a batshit bonkers game to screen, epitomizing why adapting video games to film is such a pain in the ass. Because they really do. They throw all these characters in this movie without ever bothering to think, is this going to be coherent? Is this too many characters? And what can we cut out of here that really doesn't matter? Such as the metal balls that take you from realm to realm. Hold on tight. Lean hard. This movie was just like, um, they're trying to do everything they could to set up one-on-one fights, which, again, I don't want to watch the video game. I'd rather play the video game. Put like, if you're going to make up stories, like make Shao Kahn and Raiden brothers, just make up a bunch of other stuff. I don't need to see all these guys fight one-on-one. There's no rhyme or reason as to why the robots work for Shao Kahn. I guess he like reprogrammed them. You don't see any of that stuff. They just, they literally appear. Like Smoke literally appears with an effect that could have been in Suburban Commando as a trail of smoke follows Liu Kang into this underground tunnel he's in. I did love when like uh, two guys would be fighting and everybody else would just be standing around when they could just beat up the other guy like three on one. Like when... Sub-Zero and Scorpion are fighting. Liu Kang and Katana, they're just, just watching. Just watches it. We'll just while, go beat them up. While Sub-Zero's nearly falling into the into the lava. Sub-Zero. They're just watching him. So you'll know Sub-Zero. He was one of my... I know this guy from sub, somewhere. He's the uh, like henchman's number one guy in Beverly Hills Ninja. The guy that wears like the turtleneck and the blazer. It's Martin Tanley. Martin Tanley's Martin right hand man. Like right hand man. It's him, and it was killing me the whole movie. Sorry about your head. I you're was that, aiming for Tanley. You're that big fat ninja everyone's talking about. Great white ninja. <laughs> so there's a lot of bad effects throughout the film. Uh, Sub Zero basically sliding into frame. I guess hanging on to a trail of ice is one of them. But not too long before that, Liu Kang does this weird backflip to avoid a missile. And it like goes in fast forward as soon as he hits the bend of this jump. Again, I, I, I feel like someone told the, I don't know, whoever had like creative on this, someone told him, you got to force their moves in. Because like I recognized all their moves yeah. and it was so stupid. That another again, you know this movie's gonna be bad when Raiden starts fighting Shao Kahn and Shao Kahn immediately does like the shadow shoulder charge. Here's my question. Almost just forgot. no need just no need for Okay. It. The creature that Jax beats up and also eats Jade, yes. is that reptile? No, I don't know what the hell that is. Okay. Because Raiden actually fights uh the Legion of Reptiles when he in his obvious Obvious, obvious, obvious stunt double get trapped, even that, though they're only about 16 feet away from all the other people. Dude, that blew my mind. That's the stunt double, and uh, you'll you'll learn his identity soon enough. Uh, it, it, they don't even look alike. Wait, we know who the stunt double is? Yes. I thought for a second it was, who was Flava Flav's girlfriend, that tall blonde? Bri- <laughs> Brigitte Nielsen. I thought it was Brigitte Nielsen. I was like, she's a stunt double for... James Remart, but I, I thought it was Reptile because in the first movie, a statue turns, a Reptile turns from a statue into Reptile, and then he turns into a ninja from like a gross lizard. This, 
thing just went from a statue to a big monster. I was like, oh, it's going to become reptile. No, there's just a monster in the movie out of nowhere. Just a uh, giant thing with wings and a weird head and claws. And Jax punches it in the kidney until it goes away. And the later one comes back and eats poor Jade. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Jade. I mean, <laughs> I mean, amongst the many things, the many, many things that are wrong, that monster need not have been in the movie. What, you mean Raiden's wig? When you say that monster need <laughs> yeah, not have been in Raiden's the movie? Raiden's wig. I also couldn't get over how uh, everybody just kept hitting on Jade. Well, first of all, Liu Kang thought she was into him, which is... A nutbag idea but then as soon as Jax meets her he's like nice legs for kicking I mean yeah and then Raiden's like who's this no oh, she fights as good as she looks yeah so what he creeps up to there's nice legs no rebuttal of why are your arms metal yeah that was a question I had Sonya goes to find Jax he's just in an abandoned medical facility asleep on a table on like a on metal bed, table dude. Just sleeping. Just hanging out. After he's not, a major surgery. He's not like on a breathing apparatus. He's not just either. sleeping in this abandoned hospital. Oh, that was outpatient. Okay. That makes sense. What threw me was when he said, these quadruple your strength. Why just quadruple? That doesn't seem like that much. No. It seems like if you're going to invest in metal arms. You mean like, like 10X. You can never wash your arms again. Hey. You, There's got to be a higher return on investment than Do you want that. metal arms? You can bench like 1,200 pounds. That doesn't seem here's, worth it. Here's the kicker. Your new metal arms come with, come with fingerless gloves. Do you still want them? Your new metal arms come with comic relief ADR lines every five seconds. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jax. So, tragically, I learned that the guy who played Jax in the original movie, uh, they wanted him to come back, but he was pretty ill at the time and wound up dying in 1998. I don't remember the actor's name, but I was thinking because like you only see him in the very beginning of the first Mortal Kombat where he tells her not to run after the giant dragon boat. But yeah, he couldn't come back because he was sick and he wound up passing away. All so, right. Thanks for sharing that yeah. bit of knowledge. I know why everybody didn't come back. Everybody? Yeah. Because er, the, How about the offer was out to everyone. So was he too busy being a Highlander? He was too busy doing something else, yes. He was, I guess, filming the Beowulf that came out in 1997, so he couldn't come back. Now, Was that with Ned Stark? Might be. Uh, One of the interesting things I found out was that he was sort of the rock of the cast. Everybody loved Christopher Lambert on the first movie. He was like the veteran actor. Uh, He was really nice to everyone, and he was like just a joy to work with, which I found surprising because... His career kind of flames out big time somewhere around the mid-90s. And he was kind of a star. I mean, he was in Highlander and Highlander 2 <laughs> and Highlander 3 and Gunman with Mario Van Peebles. Which Highlander's the best? First one. What's the worst? Uh, the one with Edge, the wrestler. Who plays? They, who's the main So character? they made a movie that had both McClouds, Duncan McCloud and a, whatever... We'll just call him Wolfgang McCloud because I don't remember. Wolfgang McCloud Duncan is my, my Duncan new McLeod's name on the, the podcast. <laughs> Duncan McCloud's the guy from the show. And they it's Highlander like Generations or something, and they're both in it. And Edge is in the movie. Write down it's, Wolf, it's terrible. Write down Wolfgang McCloud. Wolfgang McCloud. I don't want to forget that. All right. So is this the worst movie we've watched on the podcast? 
No, it's not the worst movie we've watched on the podcast. It's the worst movie I've ever watched in my life. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I've seen bad movies like, you know, Birdemic, Troll 2, talking Nilbog. Like, I've seen some bad movies. This one, this one just almost did me in. It might have been my viewing experience. I rented it through the Xbox and it froze six times. That seventh time that I chose to keep going through, uh, almost didn't do it. But but still, it's there's just nothing redeeming about it. I almost I almost bro- it almost broke me when Baraka came out with that costume on. Like they just probably gave up. <laughs> He's wearing like a tall tee that's tucked into, into his tight sweats. He couldn't even get a gi, a gi top. It's unbelievable. What it killed because it's like it almost looked like there was a day where they filmed. Like uh, them practicing for a fight scene, like just spar with this guy with a Halloween mask on, you know, just to get used to how you guys are gonna fight. Oh shit, that's all we have. And Let's then they filmed it, it, and they're like, "Oh, this is gold. Yeah, we got to use this. We uh, can't." There's a funny uh, bit about that scene. You'll we'll come to in the true "Am I Full of Shit or Not" segment. This is the wor- This is worse than uh, Batman and Robin. Ten times worse than that movie. I think. I think I would agree. I. Now, going back... This makes Batman and Robin look like Chinatown. <laughs> that might be a stretch. <laughs> I don't... Uh, I hadn't seen this probably since 97. And I remember thinking it was like, ooh, that was rough. But, you know, I was super into Mortal Kombat then. And so I probably gave it a pass. Like, I used to watch the stupid Mortal Kombat Conquest TV show that was on TNT. Yep. Uh, I did, too. I used to watch Cartoon, too. Yep. I mean, I, I was all about Mortal Kombat. Well, this was 20 years ago. We were, like, early teens, so... Yeah. yeah. And I saw the first one in theaters, like, five times. I kept dragging my dad to that stupid movie. Uh, every time I'd swear that Kano wasn't going to die in 35 seconds, and he always did. Every time you talk about the movies that you either made your dad watch or let you rent, I see why he has so much spite for you. I mean, it's pretty clear at a certain point. I didn't right? know it was all from this, the viewing experience. So, see, I had a different take. I I was a lot dumber as a kid when I was you. I remember liking this movie, or at least there were scenes that I would see where I'd be like, "Oh yeah," I got excited from when I was a kid, like the ice bridge that Sub Zero had. Oh yeah, and yeah, that like, pans oh. out well. And then I'm like, oh, shit, I was an idiot. Was there really a a need to show them slipping off the thing five times? Was there a need to show this movie? It's an ice bridge. We get get it. False. It was a styrofoam bridge. Uh, So best fight, is there one? There's moments in fights that are pretty cool. There's one part where Sonya kicks a monitor into a guy's face it looks pretty awesome because they kind of like show it from her angle dude the robot like sector cyrax and smoke were yeah there's some decent pretty dope stuff if they would have fought each other there. i'd have been in the best fight was raiden's stunt double that oh, killed that me. guy can bring the heat that that killed me see because usually when they use really obvious stunt doubles you, you get like you, from the back like you get angles where yeah. you don't see their face and stuff. You got to zoom out. They're a doing bit. close-ups of this yeah. son of a bitch. And he's much younger than Remar. It's insane. He's much, taller. He looks like Ivan Drago. Sure. Yeah. It's crazy. He they don't look anything alike. Also, and literally they only shaved his head for probably that specific purpose. I still don't know why he goes from looking like Raiden to wearing a brown leather vest and has a uh, bleach blonde hair. It made no sense. 
it had no precedent in the game for him to dress like that, to dress like he was. That's what I was thinking. Like, did he have an alternate costume? Like he was a member of Aladdin on ice? He looked like he could have been in uh, the Thong Song video. (laughs) It just made no sense. Literally, though, he, he is one of the background players in Aladdin on ice. He looked like he could have been a gender-confused Unsullied. <laughs> uh, James Remar, if you don't know who that is, Ajax and the Warriors. Dexter's dad. I hope you've seen the Warriors. If not, go watch it. He's, and he's Dexter's dad. He's Dexter's dad. That's what I learned uh, from. He's also, he moonlighted on Sex and the City for a while. You don't want to see him in that. You'll never look at him the same again. So you've watched Sex and the City, the show? Whole show. Both movies. I didn't know you were a fan. I, I like the show. The movies are a travesty. Uh, is that guilty pleasure or you actually like the show? I don't remember. I just I think my <clears throat> sister liked it, so I watched it with her. and It was good for what it was. It had some decent writing for a while. Uh, but, yeah, I don't remember thinking it was like, oh, this is great. Like, Arliss, I go back to Arliss. I think Arliss is hilarious. You ever watch Arliss? No, I feel like when I was... The age when Arliss was on, he was not appealing to you. You got to stream Arliss. He's a sports agent. I'm more of a Jerry Maguire guy. It's great. So, uh, lastly, this is an easy six packer, I think. If you're watching this, you've never seen it before, you're going in with, and you listen to this first, your expectations are low, you're still going to need to pound six beers to get through it. Six? Yeah. Is that the most? Yeah, on a scale of one to six. Now, if you want to take it up a notch, I mean, this could easily be a case. I think if you butt funnel all six and it goes right to your bloodstream, that's the way to do this one. This movie is is tough to get through, especially if you're a Mortal Kombat fan, because you're like, oh, geez. You know, there was supposed to be a sequel to this, which never <laughs> panned out. Oh, shocking. Uh, and idiot me, I remember playing Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance, and this is like 2002, and it was there was supposedly a, a video, an interview about the the next movie with, featuring Robin Chow, who plays Liu Kang, and I literally unlocked every crypt in that game to find it, and there was no friggin' video. So that tells you what kind of idiot I was and how obsessed I was with Mortal Kombat. I wonder if he's friends with the guy that played Sub-Zero, because he was also in Beverly Hills Ninja. Well, the thing is, uh, what I found out about him was he actually did a lot of, he helped choreograph a lot of the fight scenes in the first one, and oh, they, the first one. they liked his work so much, he did all the chore- choreography for this one. Sub-Zero? Uh, Liu Kang. Oh, okay. That's... So, And a lot of the guys who were basically stunt players who were in the suits, like Scorpion. Well, actually, I don't know if he came back, but the original Sub-Zero, those guys, they're all in this, too. They play multiple characters. So. Gotcha. All right, so uh, when we come back, am I full of shit or not? There's some pretty fun ones uh, in there for this. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. All right, we're back on Hops and Box Office Flops, brought to you by RevengeOfTheFans.com, and it is Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Not the decent Mortal Kombat, the one that's watchable, the second one, where dreams go to die. So this is Am I Full of Shit or Not? I went and found out some things about the movie, some I've made up, uh, and they're false, some are true. And uh, the Irate Lover, a.k.a. uh, Nightwolf's rap album, what was uh, the name of his album? Uh, uh, Beowulf Longmire? I don't Be- remember. Beowulf. Beowulf. <laughs> I told you to write it down. Beowulf McLeod. No, no it's, <laughs> it's Wolfgang McLeod. Wolfgang McLeod. 
Beowulf Longmire's my name. This this cast should be an episode of Longmire, not a movie for Mortal Kombat, now that I think about it. So, first one. Ray Park, a.k.a. Darth Maul, a.k.a. Toad, from the first X-Men, and Snake Eyes in the G.I. Joe films. Uh, this was his first role, uh, and he was Raiden's fight double in the movie. Only because you ruined it earlier, yeah. I'm going to say yes. That's true. So this, That is When you hilarious. watch the reptile fight, that's Ray Park, that's Darth Maul. You might recognize some of his moves. Guy's kicking all sorts of ass, taking reptiles out. Uh, just, it's so incredibly obvious. And if you know what he looks like, then you'll be able to tell as well. Cause Goes I'm, to show you, it doesn't matter how low you start out, you can still make a career out of something. Yeah. Lyndon Ashby, who played Johnny Cage in the first film, was set to return but couldn't because of scheduling conflicts with the sequel to Eight Seconds, which is a bull riding movie. The sequel to Eight Seconds? I have a guess at what the title what do you think, was. What do you think the title was? Eleven Seconds. <laughs> no, that was the fourth one. Um, uh, no, I don't think he was doing any other work. <laughs> False. Uh, one, there was never a planned sequel to Eight Seconds. <laughs> Two, he turned it down because he read the script and realized he died in three and a half minutes. So he said no. That makes Thank his, you, but I'll respectfully decline. It's like, I've seen Executive Decision, and Steven Seagal didn't look so good in that. Yeah. Steven Seagal barely fit through the trap door. I knew you executive were decision. It's unbelievable. Paul W.S. Anderson, not Paul Thomas Anderson, was offered to return for this film, but he chose to work on Event Horizon instead. He later expressed his dislike for the film and regret that he chose not to be involved in it. Uh, this movie just being such a drop in quality from the first is apparently one of the reasons that he remained involved in the making of all the sequels to the original Resident Evil movie in 2002. He wanted to like shepherd it along and make sure that it didn't go too far off the rails. So what's your question? So did he, did he choose not to return because he's working on Event Horizon? That'd be awesome. The first Mortal Kombat was pretty dark, so I'll say yeah. True. Awesome. Yep. By the way, I like Event Horizon. Is that a bad thing? I don't remember it well enough, but I do know that I think people have a lot of nostalgia for that movie. Scared the crap out of me when I was Skip a kid. Skip Pardue, Dr. Alan Grant, Lawrence Fishburne, Larry. Larry Fishburne. The Fish. Terrifying movie. Uh, Michael Jai White, scheduled to play Jax, but got the lead part in Spawn instead. <sighs> True. True. Okay. Now, he would eventually play Jax in Mortal Kombat Rebirth and Mortal Kombat Legacy, which... If you haven't watched, those are actually pretty good. I don't know if they're free to stream anywhere, but they're like really short web series shows. Oh, see, those were cool. Those were like like where legit reptiles, a serial killer. Uh huh. Yeah. Those were cool. So like those are actually really entertaining, and they're only like eight to twelve minutes long, or maybe fifteen minutes long, um, and they're worth watching if you're a fan of Mortal Kombat. Why Why haven't they made another? Did they make another Spawn? Uh, no, remember we talked about this? Now Todd McFarlane is funding it, and he's going to direct it. And oh, okay. Jamie Foxx. Got it. All right, here's one of the good ones. This film features multiple American gladiators, so it's sort of an American gladiators reunion. Was Shiva an American gladiator? She was not. I'll say no. I only think Malibu is an American gladiator. Nope, true. Lynn Red Williams, who plays Jax, was Saber. That's where I reckon. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. And Darren McBee, of course, Malibu was Motaro. This is very upsetting to me. Uh, so my question: 
Shouldn't Jax have been more accustomed to the metal ball experience after serving dutifully in Atlasphere for all those years? Great point. I mean, he's been great in a metal point. ball. Yeah. Wait, under did he high travel? octane circumstances. He didn't, he didn't travel by metal he ball. He traveled with Sonya from wherever to after they beat up Cyrax, they had to travel. And, and they used, like, they went by metal ball. I don't think you'll ever get used to that. And then here comes Shaved Head Rain. He's like, nobody ever does. I think that's for my DVD or my rental was freezing. Yeah. Nobody ever gets used to traveling around in that giant ball. No one ever gets used to someone shaving their head in the middle of a movie for no reason. As a nod to their history on American Gladiators, the fight between Jackson Motaro was titled Breakthrough and Conquer in the script. No. <laughs> That's false. <Yes. laughs> no. <laughs> I, know, I think it should have been. Yeah, it's a little above this film. Uh, Robin Shao, Liu Kang, did all of his own Stunt sequences. <coughs> Stunt sequences. Yeah, sure. False. Oh, come on. Because he was so busy choreographing a lot of the fights, he was pulling double duty. Tony Ja actually doubled for him in a number of scenes, including the fight with Baraka. What was Tony Ja like, 14? I mean, he had to be in early, early 20s, right? That's awesome. Yeah. So, Dude, there's some sequences in the sequels to Ong Bak. There's oh, some fighting man. sequences that are just... Next level, like the best, is it two or three where he has that sequence where he's kind of like going up the temple? I don't know. Or is that the protector? No, the protector, the single shot where he's going up all those stairs is awesome. But there's uh, one of the sequels that Ongbok has like the greatest fighting sequences ever. Uh, The Drunken Master sequence in Ongbok 2 is just phenomenal. Yeah. The movie itself doesn't make a whole lot of sense and now they're just three, but man, there's some really great fights in those movies. Okay. Good action movies can either have like a good plot, some decent acting, and some decent action, or great action, and everything else can be pretty substandard or expected. This was, this had just nothing, man. I will rewatch a well choreographed martial arts film a hundred times over if the fight scenes are just incredible. Dude, give me the raid uh, all day. Yep. Now, I don't care about the plot for the most part. I, I turn the, the subtitles is off. A, is pretty nonsensical. And I only speak English, and I barely speak that. Yeah. I just want to see those but fight man, sequences. The Raid 2 is so badass. When did movies turn from like the fighting in this to the sweet, sweet choreography we have now? Was it The Matrix? Well, American cinema maybe, but yeah. I mean, uh, especially chi- Chinese cinema, Jet Li was doing movies with... Just tremendous fight scenes uh, I guess throughout the true. 90s. Yeah. And a lot of even like the old kung fu films, although they're maybe a little heavy on some wire work here and there, like they have really great, just, I love watching old kung fu movies. Yeah, I guess American cinema just, just garbage up until the aughts maybe. Well, it, it is like, you know, like once they, as is hard target, the theme with American so once they was like find point. something and like, oh, this is cool, then they just beat that drum to death. Yeah. They had to get James Wu over here to do hard target to turn everything around. So, yeah, he was like the bullet ballet master and the slow-mo shots and all that stuff. And then, you know, he came over here and then it was like the rage. Everyone's like, oh, we got to have these scenes where, I don't know, why would doves be flying in the background? I don't know, but here they come. So many doves. Yeah. More doves. So Quan Chi, who is my favorite Mortal Kombat character... He's not in this movie. ...was going to appear in it. 
False. In the climax of Mortal Kombat Annihilation, but his scenes were cut from the final print. Okay, either make this up or tell me the truth. What actor was going to play him? Uh, apparently he was foreign because, from what I understand, he didn't have any lines. He just nodded when oh. Shinnok said, like, our everything's going according to plan. Okay, I'll say true. True. He still appears in some posters and international versions of the movie on Laserdisc and DVD. And I'll put it on our Twitter, at Hops and B.O. Flops. I found a picture of it. Does he look sweet? He looked, I mean, comparatively, like, since Shinnok didn't really get a costume at all, yeah, he looked like Quan Chi, at least. Where Shinnok looks like you're, you know, your American classics professor from freshman year. How do you film scenes with an entire character from the game and just cut them all out? He is the best character. They could have cut, they could have cut, how about you just cut the whole Nightwolf thing out? That was pointless. Just have Jade show up. The animality stuff in general. One... I, know, I guess they're doing it to co-promote with the game. Nobody liked the animalities. It was one of those things that came because they were rumored, and then they finally brought them, and they were all terrible. I was upset there weren't more babalities. Like, it just didn't fit. Could you imagine? <laughs> That's how Liu Kang <laughs> Friendship. <laughs> I could have went with uh, Liu Kang, like, juggling to have a friendship with Shao Kahn after he lost miserably. By the way, Shao Kahn's immortal. Not only does he lose Dragon Fight... He loses the hand-to-hand combat, like, handily. He's a huge coward in this. Oh, they totally. should They should make a PG version, version of it where everybody does uh, friendships instead of fatalities. Like, at the beginning, Johnny Cage, instead of trying to fight Shao Kahn, just signs an autograph for him and gets to live. Shadow kicks all the way to just, like, before him and gives him an autograph. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That'd I'm in for that. that. Uh, Bridget Wilson-Sampras never offered to reprise the role of Sonya Blade. False. She was offered but had bigger things on her plate like Billy Madison. False. She did. She turned it down to be Sarah Michelle Gellar's sister in I Know What You Did Last Summer. Totally forgot she was in that movie. All right, to the front flips and back flips. As you know, there's a lot of them. Was in I Know What You Did Last Summer a good movie? I think it's decent. Okay. It's like, But, you know, it was one of those things that was na- made post-scream and was trying to sort of be... Hey, we've got attractive teenagers so worse being chased around screen, by a slasher. Better or worse than Final Destination? Better. Okay. All right. Be- I think it's better, yeah. So there are over 60 backer front flips in the film. 60? <laughs> backer front? 60. That's absurd. Uh, less. False, yes. If you add them all up, though, there's 54. <laughs> okay. Not that much less. Shao Kahn front flips to get off his chair. Here's one you'll like. Yeah, he does. Twice. So, Doesn't he s- front flip to like confront Liu Kang at the end? Like down a flight of stairs? Yeah, of course Seems he does. like a dangerous thing to do when you're about to gauge a, How about a this? fight for your life. Raiden loses his powers and he front flips. It's a bold move. Like really well. From like too. 12 stories up. So Raiden loses his powers, front flips out of this temple, but literally just appears in frame. But not from out of frame. He just appears on the frame and starts like front flipping towards them. Do you think there's a scene on the cutting room floor where Raiden's losing his powers and the Elder Gods bring out Baraka and he cuts his hair? Yeah. Okay. How about the Elder Gods just being like like a talking thing of water and a flame? That was my question. You make fun of me because I like that Sub-Zero game where he has to beat the elements. Yeah, which they have like actual, I mean. Were they from that? Wouldn't it have been cheaper to just make the costumes? Yes, but is that where they were from? 
They might be. See, I don't remember that game well enough, but I mean, the God of Wind is in that game, and then he went on to be a character later, Fujin. Did not know that. Yeah. Nerd. I think he's in the new one. I haven't played it yet. You were going to bring it over, but you have two kids, so yeah, you I'm, forget everything. I'm gassed. The original movie was filming near Tom Cruise's personal airplane hangar, so he decided to wander over and say hi. He was kicked off the set. True. True. Tom Cruise was kicked off the set of Mortal Kombat. Yes. This is one of my favorite ones. Could you imagine if you made a cameo? Oh my god, that would. That's ninety-seven Cruise. That's you, like Jerry Maguire. Cruise. If you get Tom Cruise wandering on the set, don't you immediately like turn the cameras over? Hire him to be Johnny Cage and say, "Listen, listen, oh. Lyndon, we love you, buddy, but you're now going to be the limo driver that gets beat up in the opening scene by Tom Cruise." Absolutely. I mean, without question. There's no role I wouldn't let Tom Cruise... He could be like, yeah, I kind of want to play Jade. Yep, you're in. You're in. I want to be that... I want to be the Native American fellow that turns into a wolf. Sure. It's more Johnny Depp's bag, but... That's fair. uh, In the middle of the movie, there's a scene where Shao Kahn kills Rain, which we talked about, by knocking him into a pit of fire. Later in the film, Baraka dies by falling into the same pit, but the footage of Rain's death was reused for the scene. True. It is true. Of course it is. Yep. So if you pay close attention right before he goes into the flame, it's not Baraka anymore. Because if Baraka falls in this movie, his mask and gloves are going to come off. Yep. Uh, Here's a good one. Everything, the subtitles, the IMDb cast list, the description on Voodoo, everything. Has Raiden spelled incorrectly, substituting the I for a Y. Apparently, though, that's because this incarnation of Raiden is different. So he's like, think Gandalf the Grey versus Gandalf the White. Gandalf the Grey versus Gandalf the Shaved? Yeah. Why wouldn't they... Okay, I'm going to say no to that only because if they actually translated this movie into other language, they should all be put down. It's false. They just horribly screwed it up. They totally shit the bed. Uh, how How is that even possible? When someone who co-created the game is credited as one of the writers on the film. And how has that not been corrected in all these places? Who there's, ju- been, there's been like 15 of these actual games. I know that canonically they're only up to 11, but there's... Did you so, say canonically? Yeah. There's take, so many of these games. How do you spell the guy's name wrong? I'm trying to think Everywhere. of like an analogy. Like, I don't know what just shaving Raiden's head is analogous to in another movie, but it's alarming that they let him do it well is it like the scene in uh empire records where robin tunney shaves her head no (laughs) it's not that's canon (laughs) canonically that holds up Uh, nerd i it's mind-boggling to me that it's spelled with a y across all these different mediums Spelling his, yeah, I'm not surprised that there was just a typo. Not surprised. All right, all. we're we're coming down to the end here. Are you gonna do the Night Wolf thing? What thing? Is that one of your true false? What do you mean, what thing? Well, we already said he's a rapper. That's all we're gonna say. We're not gonna list off all of his albums and his tracks and bump some. <laughs> I mean, it's not insensitive because he's actually Native American, but we're not gonna bump some Lightfoot. <laughs> I don't want to get sued. You know, he could come back. He could come at us for restitution for using his music. The rest of the podcast, I'm only speaking in Nightwolf tracks. Lightfoot uh, tracks. Perhaps one effect that captures uh, 
so General Motaro, the half-man, half-beast warrior, he's a centaur, Actually, uh, they actually film motion of a tiger's tail uh, to get the, the way his tail moves to look accurate. All right? Now, I, I found this on a really strange website. This is how it was written. The result is a heightened realism as well as jaw-dropping effect that illustrates the lengths the creative team went to develop fantastic characters. True or false? Okay. It has to be true because what you just read has to be a quote. It is. That's it's a quote from the website. What web? What? I found a website dedicated to the making of this film. Oh my god. Uh, is it written ironically? I don't think so. Ugh. I thought this one had to be when I read it, but the rest of it did not indicate that was how the site was written. Calling the creative team dedicated is upsetting. And although it's true, according to this website, I refuse to believe that. What's true? Because the, the tale literally comes into frame, I don't know, a handful of times. It's not doing anything. It doesn't look like a tiger's tail. No, at all. It it just It's like a of, dragon tail. It looks more like they studied how they made Godzilla's tail move when in the Japanese Toho films when he was in a rubber suit. For, and we're like, oh we could do that. First of all, does Motaro just have a horse tail in the game? No, he has a tail with like spikes on it. And he has horns in the game? Yes. Yeah. So he's not a centaur, he's something else. He's a Minotaur centaur. What? Minotaur. Don't. Don't. Role models. He drinks a lot of energy drinks. Unbelievable. And throws fireballs. And he's an American gladiator. Yep. The best American gladiator. Could you imagine having that be your shtick? Like, you have to act like you're a surfer dude. Darren McBee. You've, you've got to pretend to be a surfer dude. Are you talking about Malibu? or? Yeah. Okay. Or Airborne. Oh, I wish. All right, so uh, when we come back, uh, I was going to do a list of the worst video game movies, but those are pretty well known, and I mean, it's pretty common knowledge that video games just have not worked when being trans translated to film. So what we're going to do is video games we'd like to see turned into movies, and who would star in them. And we're back. Uh, now, video games we'd like to see turned into movies. I did three. There's more, but three, and who would star in them. Do uh, you want to go first? You want me to go first? We'll go. Let's alternate. You start. Okay. So, I would like to see a Gears of War movie, and I'd like Dave Bautista to be the star, as Marcus Phoenix. And I think this actually has potential because he's gone on record as saying he wants to do it. So just greenlight the damn thing and let's go. Let's get some people chainsawed in half. Nice. Let's get it on. I'm in on horde that. mode. Let's go. Yeah. Shot. Did they do like a bad Gears of War movie already? No. Haven't huh. done it. Uh, for a while, Len Wiseman, the guy who did Live Free or Die Hard, was connected to it. Uh, never happened. So, Yeah, I can see like, a sweet big budget there. My uh, my first thought was Borderlands. It's such a vast universe. They could do... There's so many characters they could make the lead in that. It doesn't have to be the plot from the game. They could do what they want. And, and you know, fans, you, got, you can put on... Uh, Put on Thunder's Twitter whatever characters you think should be played by certain actors and what actors would be best. I I could care less, but I just think there's so much material to work with with all the Borderlands games that uh, they could make a like a very Mad Max. Oh yeah, shoot 'em up movie. deal. Be awesome. I mean, you got to put Handsome Jack in it. Yeah. Who? Oh yeah. Just get the 
get like an and who directed um like a movie like oh gosh you ready for my terrible description of a movie yeah the let's do it guy kind of looks like tom hardy gets a robot chip and print implanted in his spine and he uh oh yeah yeah uh upgrade upgrade that movie was sweet if you could do awesome whoever directed that super i think it was lee wannell the guy that did co-wrote saw then yeah that'd be awesome probably that movie was awesome if you haven't seen upgrade not long it's a quick little movie there's no fat total it's all meat on the bones there it's awesome it's everything venom should have been it's a guy who Mm. gets uh, modified he gets a modification that sort of dictates what he does it's like taken with a little bit of sci-fi yeah, it's fantastic. It's awesome. All right, what's your second? My second movie, I want a real Street Fighter movie. So I want them to actually do it right. And I, I don't really care about the plot. It's just a tournament, right? And great fight scenes. So get people who can actually do martial arts or have great uh, stunt doubles. And here, here I, I chose three stars because these three characters are important. I want John Cena as Colonel William Guile. I want, I want Brolin as M. Bison. I like Brolin. He's got a certain gravitas, and get Mike Tyson as Balrog. So you want a bad, like a a, che- a bad movie? No, this is gonna be awesome. No, this, this is gonna be that's gonna be a bad this movie. This is gonna be so awesome. I thought you were gonna say like, give it a plot. Don't do one on one fighting. You want the I other want way. fights. I want glorious fights, and Mike Tyson ends up winning the tournament. Um, Jesus. For those of you who are unfamiliar. In Japan, M. Bison was Balrog. But when they ported the game to the U.S., they didn't want to get sued because if you look at Balrog, he literally is Mike Tyson. They switched the names around. So, hmm. a little factoid for you. Nice. Number two, what do you got? Halo. Okay. That's I'm surprised cool. this one on your list. That one's been floating around for a long time. but See, I don't read up on this as much as you, but I am shocked that they're... I, I fell out of love with Halo. What? I play, like, you know, through Halo 3, I was used so to crush. big into it. I was really good at it. And then I, somewhere along... I you just, had a Master Chief head that held the games. I think it was somewhere when Bungie did, like, the two games that weren't in the main trilogy. Before they took off, they did, like, Halo Reach and Halo ODST or something. I think I, I beat those two, and then by the time Halo 4 came out, I was burned out, like... When Halo was a thing that came out once every five or six years, it felt special. I was super into it. And then once it became like a, oh, we got to start cranking these things out a little bit faster, I, I got out of it. I know that four and five had some good room between them, but by that point it was too late. You know what universe they could so. meld Halo with to introduce it is, uh, what are, what's the uh, Michael Fassbender movies that are bringing Alien into them? What are those called? Bring an alien into him? The Michael Fassbender movie with... You mean Prometheus? Prometheus. Which is just alien? Yeah, I forgot the name of it. They could yeah. just do another Prometheus and have, I don't know, Master Chief show up. He'd yeah. fit in. And he finds different eggs to experiment with because that guy's a, the biggest asshole robot ever. Fits right in. Yeah. Perfect. See, the tough thing about Halo, and I thought about it because I thought about putting it on the list and... Is who do you get to play Master Chief? Who he doesn't show his face. Doesn't it doesn't matter. Face. So get guess, Ray Park. Yeah, get Remar. Shaved head Remar. Don't get Remar. <laughs> Don't get Remar. It sounds like a name of a great, like a, a great movie. 
a fake documentary. Don't get Remar. Don't get Remar. <laughs> like that Call Roger Stone documentary on Netflix. Yes. Don't get Remar. Don't get Remar. No disrespect, James. We love you. Searching for James Remar. Oh, huge Remar fan. Uh, third, this is the dream project. I want a Legend of Zelda movie. High fantasy. I would love everything about that. Oh, they I think it'd be better as a show because the games are so sprawling and really it is about conquering different things to all get to a certain point. Like if you make it super straightforward, I think you're doing it sort of a disservice, but I love The Legend of Zelda. Who's so, Link? That's the thing. I, I would go with, I don't even want to pick an actor I know. I want him to yeah. be an unknown because Link is such, is, in the games he never talks. So in the movie or the show, I'd want him to talk very little. So he's Bram? So I want him to be someone who's never really been in a role like this before. He has very few lines, and he just carries it with his presence, his looks, the way he reacts to things. And, of course, he has to have some sort of physical abilities because, I mean, you're going to be fighting dragons and orcs and all that stuff. So goblins. Gotcha. Bats. Nice. All kinds of shit in High World. Nice. High roll, not high world. Good I'm list. Yeah. You got another one? Or are you done? Oh, I need a third? Well, if you want. Otherwise, we'll move on to upgrade, downgrade, because we have a few to choose from, as you know. The rotating cast of characters. I got one. <coughs> Madden. <laughs> it's just like isn't, a... Isn't this just any given Sunday? <laughs> it's just a documentary film crew that follows John Madden around, not flying anywhere. Oh, okay. On a bus. Yeah, on the a Madden bus. Madden tour. It's just like a, the title's like Somebody Feed John or like a Madden About Town. I'd watch the Madden crap. About You. Madden About You. I'd watch the crap out of that. Yep, little little John Madden documentary. First in Turducken. Nope. <laughs> nope. 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 Hot Route. <laughs> what about that? Hot Route. <laughs> no. It's the route he takes. It's the hot route. T- uh, Turducken the Airplane. <laughs> Or duck in the flight. Is Pat Summerall still alive? That's a good one. Because he'd have to be in the movie. That could be a segment we do on the podcast. Is Blank still alive? I think he passed away, which is unfortunate. All time. I think, uh, you know, that's that's good. I'm in, I'm in on a Madden road trip. Oh, there's nothing I'm you so could film in. that guy do that I wouldn't watch. So at what point in the movie does he stop at a little kid's football practice and he's traveling with Bruce Smith and Little Giants? Oh, the they're just bus? standing around, butts. Gets lost. Dude, Come on. Don't, you know, no matter what, if you're just scrolling through Netflix and, a, and there's like an original documentary and you just see John Madden's face, you watch him? If it's the cover of the original Madden game, I'm watching a thousand percent. Where he's busting through the screen with yep. the football? I'm watching it a thousand percent. John Madden's hair used to be the greatest. I would, I would love if part of the movie was him going to like a Madden tournament now and just not understanding what the hell is happening. Just like, why are all these people playing this video game? He just walks into a Madden tournament and they just mic up his ass and he just farts by everyone. I would, I'm telling you, I would take a scene where he goes to Raiders training camp and talks to Gruden about who to draft. You know, I'd watch Madden do a documentary and then the documentary is just him using a telestrator, breaking, the ta- breaking down the tape, breaking down the tape of the documentary with a telestrator. I'm actually in on this. Netflix, hey. Netflix, I know you're listening. Uh, this is gold. Get on it. You can credit uh, the irate lover, aka uh, Motaro's Wolfgang Schnitzel. <laughs> Motaro's horseshoes. Hold on, I wrote it down. 
Wolfgang McCloud. <laughs> Wolfgang McCloud. <laughs> and I, the Thunderous Wizard, for this dynamite idea. Um, all I ask is, you know, you put us in the credits and in the description. Thank you. Wolfpack McGillicuddy. Wolfpack McGillicuddy. And uh, you can reach us at irate-lover at geocities.org slash gov.com. <laughs> slash gov? Yeah. I love Back you, John. Slash. I love John Madden. Un- I unabashedly Matt. love John Madden. He's the man. That's that's unbelievable. I mean, the games are n- were never the same after they replaced him with oh, Al Michaels. Oh, fuck no. He's one of the... You gotta imagine Madden's got like a huge estate. He probably gets so many oh, royalties yeah. from that game. Oh, yeah. Every year he's cashing checks. My question, though, is why can't he be in the game? Does he just not want to be? I think his health has been sliding. Okay. And I think he just chooses not... Because well, Al probably Michaels has, is no spring chicken. The, uh, it's not Al Michaels anymore, either. Oh, it's not? No, they've been mixing it up the last few years. Is with... it Romo? Because if no, it's not, be, you got to get him in That'd there. be awesome. What if he just called all your, your opponent's plays? Because that's how Romo does it. I think... Um, uh, Who's Aikman's boy? I think Joe Buck does oh, yeah. some of them. Yeah, I'm out. And uh, Buck stinks. Maybe Ian Eagle. Good friends with Paul Rudd, though. Is Joe that true? Buck. True story. I don't have a problem with Joe Buck. I don't know why people hate on Joe Buck. Uh, I don't know. I, growing up in St. Louis, he just was a little oversaturated. And now he's like everywhere. So he was everywhere in St. Louis. His dad, by the way, longtime Cardinals announcer, Jack Buck. Everybody loves Jack Buck. Joe Buck just gets on my nerves. That's the key. I don't watch baseball at all, so just football Joe Buck, glorious. Him yeah. and Aikman have a great back and forth. When Aikman's not having horrible concussion headaches st- and his yeah. face is looking like it's going to explode. That's rude. I love Troy. All right, so when we come back, upgrade, downgrade. Uh, there's a number of actors replaced, So we'll be right back. All right, we're back on Hops and Box Office Slops, presented by RevengeOfTheFans.com. We got a little upgrade, downgrade. We'll do some six degrees, uh, talk recommendations, and then uh, do you want to hit some Thrones spoilers? Sure. You want to have a mild uh, Thrones discussion? All right. So uh, upgrade, downgrade. Remar for Lambert as Raiden with a Y. Huge (laughs) upgrade because we got the stunt double out of it. All right, so that's that's a wrinkle. You yeah. have you launch Ray Park's career with that move, which I mean that's invaluable because Darth Maul, as much as the Phantom Menace is sort of a train wreck, and now this is pod racing. Uh, <laughs> the Duel of the Fates is still one of the great lightsaber battles. So career wise, I'm in. Hollywood, I'm, I'm taking. It. I'm going upgrade. Upgrade. Yeah. I'm on it. Uh, Chris Conrad, who you may remember, Jack from Airborne, for Lyndon Ashby as Johnny Cage. Not big enough sample size. I'd say neutral. I can't I can't assign it one way or the other because the character's not around long enough. And Lyndon Ashby has the majority of the corny lines in the first movie in a larger sample size. Uh, and I think that Chris Conrad's probably tougher than Lyndon Ashby because he's he's not screwing around in Airborne. He's an ice hockey player. He engages in a dangerous downhill roller skating fest. Uh, Race, roller, roller blading, blading. roller blading. roller skating race. That's a different movie. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine? That's roll bounce. Roller skating down Devil's Backbone or whatever oh, they call man. it. No way. There'd be so many deaths. <laughs> you look. Everyone would look like Seth Green. <laughs> a roller skating race downhill. And Jeez. lastly, Sandra Hess for Bridget Wilson as Sonya Blade. I say you bring in Allie Larder. Let's just do it right. 
Okay, I could get on board with that. I'm going to say acting-wise, downgrade. Action-wise, upgrade. Bridget Wilson always looked a little... Stiff? Yeah, stiff. And this lady looked like she could actually kick some butt. Yeah, fair enough. So that's upgrade, downgrade. Do we want to do a six degrees? I'm not super sharp tonight, but I could do one. And while I'm doing it, you can offer some recommendations. I don't really have any because I've been... I don't, oh. well, well, I did watch a couple of terrible movies that I think I'll ask the uh, the listeners if they'd like us to do them on the podcast. Well, one of them I love. The other one was just flat out terrible. No, I, I'll blow off recommendations too. I haven't seen anything that has really made me want to recommend it to anyone. So, Okay. Would you like us to do Congo? Tweet at Hops and B.O. Flops. It is disastrous. All right. Full disclosure. I've never seen Congo. Oh, my God. We got to do it then. <laughs> We have to. Isn't that there's bad? so much bad people in gorilla suits. <laughs> Is there, it worse than um, Trading Places gorilla suit? <laughs> no, it's moderately better than that, but that was meant to look fake. Are you getting an amber alert? Now I'm getting a silver alert for Raiden. <laughs> it really is a silver alert. <laughs> <laughs> I'm keeping that in. And the other movie I watched, I forced my brother-in-law to watch Side Out, which is a beach volleyball movie. That I friggin' love. And I'm sure it made no money, but I love it. I guess. And it features Kenny Loggins playing with the boys. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to recommend Side Out, I have to recommend people that don't know about the movie Soul Man, watch the trailer for it. I was oh, describing yeah. it to someone that said, that's not a real movie. Oh, yeah. A no. movie, Soul Man is absolutely a movie that could never be made today. You mean a movie that should never have been made? Should never have been made, ever. That movie That movie couldn't have been made in the 50s. Okay, so here's the general <laughs> premise. Uh, Aunt Becky's kids apply to college but don't get in. <laughs> just, well, just kidding. Very timely. Guy applies to college, doesn't get in. C. C. Thomas Howell. So, C. Thomas Howell, who is in, he's the star of Side Out. So what he does is he dyes his skin black and reapplies as a minority student and then pretends to be a minority for the remainder of the film. That's the premise of Soul Man. Uh, to put it more bluntly, C. Thomas Howell goes blackface to get into Harvard. For an entire film. For the whole movie. They, uh, I, it goes without saying, it's the most... We can't even do it on this podcast, it's so racist. There's scenes in this movie that are beyond belief. If we simply describe the scenes to you, we'd have to bleep that out of the podcast. It's un, it's unreal. So do yourself a favor. Just look up Soul Man GIFs Google, online. And Google you'll see Soul why. Man trailer or just Soul Man scene. I'll even, I'll even post one to the Soul to Man Twitter. dinner scene yeah. will, will do it for the, you. The dinner. Oh God. That's a, Leslie Nielsen's in that fucking movie. Yeah, and he's like straight-laced. He's oh, just an old racist. Did you notice the woman in that is Jan? In Soul Man? She's yeah. his girlfriend? Yeah. Well, he also dates Radong Chong, right? Tommy Chong, uh, the girl from Commando. I know who Radong Chong is. You don't have to tell me who She's that is. She's in there, right? Great question. She's at Harvard, probably. Yeah. But he, I think he brings Jan to that dinner. Okay. Yeah, and, and her dad, Leslie Nielsen, hates him. So there's our recommendations. Yeah. Uh, a Soul Man clip. Yeah, you got, you're going to be uh, like, Another C. Thomas Howell movie called Side Out, Side I Out. Guess. Side Out's free on Amazon. Well, it is one of the best sports movies ever made. Can't be Aging true. veteran volleyball player takes one last ride through the Tournament of Champions with young upstart from Milwaukee, who also, his uncle, Bernie Lomax from Weekend at Bernie's, in the movie, not in real life. Maybe it is in real life, I don't know. 
gosh. He's not doing the Bernie in any scenes, though, which I found to be greatly disappointing. So do we have a six degrees? Okay. I'll pick uh, in the spirit of this podcast since the video game movies. Okay. I'll just pick characters from, from video game movies. So we'll go with your favorite, Street Fighter. Okay. And I'll go Raul Julia. Okay. All right. And um, we'll have him get to, oh, I always forget her name, the main uh, actress from Resident Evil. Mia Jovovich? Mia Jovovich. Okay, so Raul Julia to Mia Jovovich. Yep. Hmm. Okay. Wow. While Tom's thinking, I'm going to play some hits from Lightfoot. We can only play in 15-second increments. We don't want to get sued. I don't think you understand how copyrights work. I think if he has less than 150 listens on Spotify, we're good. <laughs> Is that how it works? I don't know. So Raul Julia to Mia Jovovich. I think I've got this. Yeah, I think so. Do you need a few minutes? Raul Julia is with Mel Gibson in Tequila Sunrise. Wow. Mel Gibson, isn't Gary Oldman in Ransom? Is that is he in that? No, that's the guy from End of Days, the bad guy. It's Gabriel Byrne? No, the other guy, his partner. Pollock. Kevin Pollock? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, all right. So I'll... I'll... Wait, you were, you were talking about... Why did I think Gary Oldman was in Ransom? You're talking about the bad guy, right? Yeah. yeah the bad guy's Kevin Pollock. No, no, the bad no, 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 the bad guy's uh, Lieutenant Dam. Oh, Gary Sinise. Yeah, okay, Gary, that makes more sense. God, did did I just confuse Oldman with Kevin Pollock? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so I was off, but you were way off. Uh, okay. Gary Sinise. Can you get to him through Gary? Get to her through Gary Sinise? I think so. Yeah. So Mia Jovovich. Is Fifth Element. So Gary Sinise. Sinise has to have been in something with Willis. Yeah, that's what I'm. Well, yeah, he is. He, well, no, he's in. Gary Sinise is in Apollo 13 with Tom Hanks. He's also in Forrest Gump with Tom Hanks. Uh, but he's in. Gosh, Bruce Willis. Um, because then I would go, uh, obviously, Fifth Element. Bruce, what about Bruce Willis with Jack Wait a minute. Black? No. Wait a minute. No. <laughs> what's uh, the, what's that movie Bruce Willis is in with Jack Black where he shoots him with the machine the gun? The Jackal. The Jackal. Good movie or bad movie? I can't remember. I don't think it's good. Damn it. If I had to... Uh... Better or worse than The Saint? Oh, okay. Done. Got it. So if I go Gary Sinise to Tom Hanks in Forrest Gump, because I like Forrest Gump a lot... Then you go uh, Tom Hanks to Adam Goldberg in Saving Private Ryan. Adam Goldberg to Mia Jovovich in Days and Confused. Nice. If you uh, haven't seen it, do yourself a favor. I guess there's another recommendation. Speaking of Forrest Gump, the SNL cold open where Jeff Sessions is the Forrest Gump character is one of the funniest things they've ever done. So do yourself a favor. I haven't seen that. I'm going to watch that now. Life is like a box of chocolates. There sure are a lot of brown ones. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, all right, so Thrones. Uh, I just reviewed it. It'll be up by the time this is up. I was a little late reviewing it because family weekends, man. They just rip everything out of you. Uh, I gave it an A, but I watched it twice. The first time I was pretty disappointed in it. With the second episode? Yeah. Second time I was like, oh, 
this is it to me, and I wrote this in the review. It's the U.S. Indianapolis speech, USS Indianapolis speech from Jaws, as Captain Quint sits there, basically describing to these guys like, you know, tomorrow shit's gonna get real tomorrow, and I've been through the shit. Like, there's a good chance we're gonna die. That's good. That's what this episode was. That's a good way to look at it. I looked at it as it's Tormund's episode. Tormund just crushes it. The speech about the giant's milk. Creeping up behind Brienne. The way he looks at Jamie as he describes the giant's milk. The big woman's still here. Yeah. It's he stole the show. I still don't know what the hell a three eyed raven does. I That's thought at some thing. point we were gonna get more of uh the man that has no face. Yeah. Those people need to be more involved, like So I, I even asked my brother in law, he's read all the books. Uh the Three-Eyed Raven stuff is super fuzzy for us. Maybe it's because we read the books so long ago, but uh, I'll have to ask Captain Cash. We're actually going to do the episode. We recorded. We had 20 minutes. He had a lot of great insights, including like, well, this director who did episode two, he's known for slow episodes, so I wouldn't expect anything big. I was like, oh, okay. And he's like, episode three, though, that guy does all the big battles. So I like, like Pod singing the song, and they're just kind of cutting into... Basically, everybody's last night on Earth is what it is. This is our goodbye to a lot of characters. Well, not Earth. Theon, who is just a world-class asshole, right? Like, this is his redemptive moment. Everything comes to this. He saved Sansa. Now he's going to sacrifice himself for the Starks because he betrayed them. And it killed him to betray the Starks. Because really, I just envision him taking a shot for Bran. And then, like, it's okay. Like, I'm with my family now. Because he's a Stark, really. I have such a hard time rooting for cowards. Like, yeah. I, I, before the episode, I was like, I'd be fine if he would actually just would have went to the Iron Islands with his sister and we never saw him again. But Sansa embracing him like she did, that that got yeah. me good. So, so I was back in. I, I went through like periods with him where I just despised him while reading the book and while watching the show. But he goes through the worst of it. And you just want him to have a moment where he rises up and he does something. Now, in that, I wanted, like, I always thought he would kill uh, Ramsey Bolton, which didn't happen. But then, of course, we get a better version of that anyways. But, like, there's, like, moments in the book where he's, this probably happened in the show, too, where he's, like, having him shave him because he's his, like, servant. Yeah, and he like, doesn't just, cut his throat. Just kill that guy. Yeah. You know, but he he's so mentally broken. And then you finally, he like, he's coming back. And like, if you can want a character to have that moment after he betrays, everybody loves the Starks. They're probably everybody's favorite family. Uh, it's That's a pretty good job they did with that whole arc for him. I love that moment. I love every, everything that happened between Jamie and Brienne of Tarth from him. Not him knighting her was pretty awesome. Knighting her to asking to serve under her command. Uh even the stuff with Jamie and Bran. It, this was a, gr- a great episode. And I'm glad I watched it again because my initial reaction was like, oh, we're, now we're just wasting another hour. But I think I was just being like, I was probably just overtired and annoyed. This was a good episode. It was very, very good. So many strong moments between these characters. And we're not going to see a lot of them. I think the, uh, the, the thing that stuck out to me was uh, I was real upset that Tyrion trusted uh, Cersei. Like, yeah, I thought his... that was out of character. I was like, well, he's not dumb. He must be in 
he must be in cahoots with someone for something, but then uh, and then you realize he is kind of cunning or a little sharper than everyone else because he's the only person that's actually asked Bran. So what's going on here, man? What, yeah, what are you? When did you become such a weirdo? We never see it. Yeah, like we don't see it. And I think that was by design too, because they don't really want us to know what he's fully capable of. Quick question: Do they know what he's fully capable of? I don't know. I did think like, oh, so we're going to use you as bait? Like that's a pretty stupid plan. He can't go anywhere. They have a dragon. If he's the only person they want, why don't they just fly him to another place? Yeah, strap him up. Yeah, <laughs> get him on the strap get him, him on up. the dragon. <coughs> yeah, I liked I I liked the first two episodes. I I think that they're, I mean, they had to kind of get all the characters to reunite in a quasi organic way. If they would have done all this stuff in the first episode, it would have been kind of it would have been stupid. Yeah, it would have felt like oh, it would just been a two hour episode with no action, which people would have been more upset about. Yep. But yeah, I. Uh, Here we go, man. Get I'm, ready to say goodbye to some folks. I'm afraid to see. The death pool from this next one. I don't know. It. Uh, I think Theon's gone. I think Brienne, unfortunately, is gone. The unsullied leader has to die. I mean, he gave a speech about going to the you know beach what? with his girl. Can it? I will say this, dear Benny Offenweiss, not one person gives a shit about Grey Worm and Melisandre or whatever her name is. Nobody cares about that romance. Stop forcing it down our throats. It's awful. I'm it's into so it. bad. I want to see more of the sex scenes. I want to know how it works. Here's a quick question for you. I hate it. Here's a quick question for you. When she's talking to the little girls in town and they basically just run away from her, is it because they're racist in the North? Um, I didn't get why I, they just well, didn't like her. I think it's, I don't know if it's because she's, uh, you know, she looks different than them or if it's just because she's from the South and she's with the Queen. Hmm. Because they don't trust the Queen. I could also watch Sansa... Just disrespect Danny all day. I could, I could really have used her to go to an uh, acting class or several throughout the ten years the show's been on the air. Who? Danny. Oh, Amelia Clark. She's got one look. She's ha- she's Derek Zoolander. How dare you? Haven't you she's seen got my one favorite? Look. I'm not even sure she can turn left. There's two movies that are acceptable to watch on an airplane, up in the air, and the other one is an the airplane. No. <laughs> There's a movie where she helps a quadriplegic guy basically... Wait, you're into that movie? Have you seen it? No. Watch it on an airplane. It's fantastic. I think you'd like it if you like Sex in the City. <laughs> Gosh, there's things I should just never tell people, especially you. The next podcast, is it just going to be us remembering all the people top, we lost? Top 10 episodes in Sex in the City? Oh. <laughs> no. I'm trying to think if I have a guilty pleasure as bad as that. Yeah, I would say it's not like I've gone back to it, but I did watch every episode. I watch Pretty Woman a lot when it's on TV. You also watch what the the Devil Wears Prada every That's, time it's on TV. It's a great movie. And for some odd reason, that shows on TV all the time. It really is. I don't know that shows <laughs> that movie's on more than any other movie. That movie, Pretty Woman. Con Air and A Few Good Men are on TV at any given time. That might be interesting. No, I'm in on watching Con Air whenever it's on. Oh. I could pick up Con Air any point. Well, I have to watch from the beginning so I don't miss the plot. Oh, yeah, that is important. Key plot points. I'm here to save the day. You can't start impersonating Nicolas Cage right now. We're too, we're too into this. we got to go. Right.
We'll close it down with my poor Nicolas Cage, and we'll see you next time on Hops and Box Office Flops.